Welcome, aftermarket pros, to For the Record. Now, listen to a slice of wisdom, a concept, a sentiment, and maybe even a rant from one of your industry colleagues. For the Record. Hello, friend. Welcome, Carm, here with some excellent advice from Brian Sump here on this For the Record episode 81. Hang around and hear why Brian says to never, ever take your foot off the pedal. Hello, friend Carm Capriato, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy. You know, at industry events, I hear from people that express their appreciation for the powerful content library. Now, they say it has helped them open up their views and perspectives by hearing their industry peers who pay it forward with their ideas, opinions, and stories so you can steal an idea or two. Now, that's called R&D. Now, you know, rip off and duplicate. Hey, favor time, can you share this episode? Thanks. Hey, I'm confident that your friend will appreciate it. Hey, I want to talk to you about FlexCheck Auto. Are you still using paper inspections in your shop? Well, that's slowly growing old. Now, there's a better way, a process built from the ground up to conform to how your shop systems work rather than the square peg in the round hole workarounds that you find with other DVI platforms. Now, FlexCheck Auto was developed by a master technician and shop owner to meet your needs. This fully customizable platform helps you implement your processes faster and more efficiently. FlexCheck Auto DVI will speed up your inspection process so your experienced technicians can quickly perform inspections and the entry-level techs are efficiently guided through your customized inspections. Hey, get started today. There's a free 30-day trial at FlexCheckAuto.com. Multi-shop operator Brian Sump from Avalon Motorsports and Urban Auto Care is here, and he brings a whole lot of passion to the episode as he shares some self-reflection on a rocky time he experienced and what he learned. He says, you've got to review what works and keep the pedal to the metal. Now, find the show notes at remarkableresults.biz slash F081. Hey, you're going to have a ton of wisdom here. You'll probably leave and start taking notes. Now, the views and opinions expressed are those of my guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the author, sponsors, associates, or affiliates of LSTN Media LLC. This is a great lesson on making small changes and paying attention to the results so that you know what really works. This is Brian Sump for the record. You know, sometimes shop owners really struggle. And it's one thing when you've tasted success or I guess haven't tasted success. You haven't experienced, you know, your highest potential or high performance. But when you're riding high and you're, you're crushing it, you're doing really well. And then all of a sudden you started encountering huge dips in car count, drops in gross profit, a loss in morale in the shop. It's it's a bit of a tormenting type of scenario. You might be experiencing poor reviews, you know, low revenues. Uh, it can really rock you. I have some friends right now who are really struggling. And they're friends that were really crushing it a few years ago. They were riding high. And they found themselves in their present state fighting for each dollar to stay afloat. But it's not so dissimilar from something that we experienced a few years ago, we had won some national awards. We were a motor age top 10 shop at one of our locations. We were breaking records, you know, really high gross profit, pioneering new procedures. We were getting a lot of exposure. And suddenly we moved our, our top two front end performers out of this location. One of them went to open a new store and 
One of them got plucked out of our organization by a totally different industry and got the offer of a lifetime. So we said, you know, we high-fived. We said, blessings to you. And we gave him big hugs and sent him on his way. Suddenly we're left with our number three guy. And we did what, what I think most shops naturally would do. We, we donned him, the general manager. We gave him the hat. I said, you're the guy. And it was a slow fade into the, what we call the dark era of that store. And we had reduced car counts, tightened profits. And interestingly, reviews seemed to stay fairly high. But I think there was a, a big part of our customer base that was experiencing indifference. They just, they, they, it wasn't exemplary service, but it wasn't bad service. And sometimes one of the worst places you can find yourself in is in a state of indifference with your clients because they're not going to tell you you suck or that you did a bad job. And you might get some good reviews trickling in, but you really don't understand the full state of your business. And I learned something really, really hard and really valuable during that season. And that is that if you don't know what you're doing when things are going well, you won't know what to fix when things get tough. What I mean is this. I know a lot of shops right now are just, they're knocking it out of the park. You've had six years of manufacturers' record new car sales from the OEMs. You've got an average age of a vehicle that's roughly 12 years of age. And it seems like getting cars is easier today than maybe it's ever been. And so a lot of you are really doing great right now. Some of you may have gotten a consultant and he said, all right, it's time to hike your labor rate up through the roof, or it's time to squeeze parts margins to 55 or 60%. And some of you may be moving somebody into a position of leadership in your company that's never been there before. And here's the thing though, if you let your foot off the pedal, you're going to find yourself in a position most likely uh, feeling like the luck just ran out. The spigot was turned off. Now, in our example, I had mentioned we had two key leaders removed from our store. And I, so I know some really, really smart peers will say that there's no such thing as a broken store, just broken managers. And I think that's largely true. But here are a few different factors that come into play in a scenario like this. And I, and I encourage you to perk up. If you're somebody that's, that's just doing a fantastic job right now and profits are great and you just got back from a trip to Cancun, pay spare, uh, careful attention to this. I'd ask you these questions. What personnel has changed in your company? Have you had a change? Have you, have you moved out a, a foreman or a lead tech? Have you added two new advisors to the front counter? Do you have a manager in position that's taking the reins from you that's never been there before? What have you changed in your marketing plan? Have you just started marketing? Have you pulled back marketing because you think that it's an expense you don't really need to spend and you can make more profit? Have you pulled back on training for your team? I know it's expensive to send guys to vision and I know it's expensive to send guys to the expos and, and the summits for your automotive associations and all of that. I know it's expensive, but have you pulled back the reins there? Did you implement a new pay plan? Because God knows if you want to ruffle the feathers of your staff, screw with their income, screw with their pay plans and watch what happens. Did you really start living it up as an entrepreneur of your dreams? Maybe you entrusted someone else to take over for you. And then 12 months, 16 months from now, the well is going to start drying up and you're going to find yourself scratching your head. Like what changed? Same location, same technician, same marketing strategy. Did you lose a, a key team member and replace them with someone that quote unquote felt really good to you? 
but maybe they lacked drive and skills of a top performer. Did you, did you grow too fast and you realized too late that your selfish ambition to grow caused your stakeholders to suffer? The stakeholders are your clients, your, your team members, and your vendors. So you're in this situation. And what do you do? What do you do if you're like some of my peers and like I experienced a few years ago when you find yourself in this weird situation where you can't nail down what has caused this change, adverse change in your company? I think what people start doing is they slowly start making changes. They're, they're sort of subtle attempts to reproduce what worked before. That They start tweaking one little thing or they'll go back and say, geez, we, we have all these master techs now, but we used to have a general service assistant. We used to do more tires and we could take waiting oil changes and we could say yes to customers. You might say, hey, we used to do radio advertisement. We didn't think it was, was working very well, but when we look at our metrics over that year, that was the highest car count we've ever had. And so you start making little subtle changes and oftentimes they're going to figure it out just like we did. And when you do, you're going to fully understand exactly what you need to do in the future to produce positive results. Again, if you don't know what you're doing exactly when you're thriving, you won't know what to change and what to fix when you're struggling. So I encourage everybody, don't be afraid to make one or two little small changes in your business at a time, especially when you're doing great. Change one or two things at a time and really pay attention to results because the truth is that if you change too many things at once, you're not going to know which of the things made the positive effect. Okay? You can have one big decision that tanks your business. You can have one big decision that makes it take off. But if you change too many things at once, you may not know what moved the needle either direction. And if your business is underperforming today, maybe it's time to make a big change. If you've been if you're one of those shop owners that's been held down for years and you and you watch these shops around you doing 100 grand a month in revenues and you're stuck at 60 and you've got you know, a mediocre reputation and you've been afraid to spend money in marketing, maybe it's time to really take that big leap. But I encourage you, don't make too many at once because again, you're not going to know what it was that made the difference. So here's the thing. If you're feeling down in the dumps today, it, I've been there too. And I know that, that as a shop owner, we're welled up with pride and we're afraid to be vulnerable and admit when we're getting our butts kicked. And at the same strategy that multi-generational companies, you know, companies that are passed on to the son and the grandchild, and then they find after that succession that the company starts to, to go down in revenues and in profits and the culture starts to decline. You know what they do? They go back and they read through the annals and the history records and they read through the documents. And what was the vision? What was the mission of the original founder of the company? And what, did, what strategies did they employ to make that company successful? And, and, and this happens all the time in big corporations and, and family um, offices. When they start to go back to those fundamentals, the company starts to lift again and they start to become profitable and the, and the company transforms in terms of their people and their morale and their culture. So this strategy can work in big companies. It can work in small companies. And it's really important that you, you really dive deeply into what were the things that were working for you back then if you're struggling now? And if you're, if you're really doing well right now, I highly encourage you to pay attention, to make some notes, and to start tweaking things little by little. And if you see a dip, then pull that back and, and throw it in the trash. But if you try something and it starts to increase, 
and, and make you more profitable and more successful, then, then make a note on that and do more of that. And by the way, this strategy works really well in marketing. I had a revelation last year uh, with some peers in a marketing group. And I was trying to think outside the box about all these guerrilla marketing strategies and all these you know, really cool tech strategies to drive car count. And one of my peers looked at me in the face and said, Brian, what's really working for you? And I said, that's a really great question. And there are one or two things in our marketing plan that probably produce 80% of the results. So I told him, I said, you know, I, here's what's working, A and B. And he said, historically, Brian, in the marketing world, when you find something that's working, you just pour more, more fuel on that fire. You keep doing more of that. And so that's just another example of the strategy. And we started doing more of that. We got more results from the 80% of the things that are making the most impact in our marketing plan. And we pour fuel on that fire. So I just want to encourage you, if you're struggling, if you're like one of, one of us that have, have been through great times and you're in bad times right now, is go back to the basics. Go back to the fundamentals. Look at who you had in your company. Look at what you were doing in marketing. Who was at the counter writing service? You might need to take you know, one of your... If you have multi-locations, you might need to move a manager back into a different store to lift that store's performance and watch what happens. Maybe you're back at the counter writing service for a while. And I promise you, if you see a lift when you're the one at the counter, then you probably got the wrong guy at the counter when it's not you. So I, I am blessed by this industry. I'm blessed by the love and the support that I've had. And really, I'm blessed by the moments of despair that I've been through because it taught me how to be a better business person and it taught me how to be more effective in making decisions. So uh, this is Brian Sump for the record and blessings in 2020.